0: Ross McCloud, whose signature is on this uh, motion for contempt, he signed a document wanting to put my wife and I in jail, in prison, for not allowing the professional child traffickers at DCYF who have caused $100 million in liabilities into my house. This this court was essentially forcing me to contract with DCYF. Another thing we've got to understand about these guys at, at Child Protection Services is in order for them... To carry out their order, you have to sign a consent form with them. You have to consent to them doing it. You have to accept their service that they're forcing on you. So this is this is why it's so hard to sue DCYF because these families are like, oh my God, I'm just going to comply because I don't do anything wrong, and then they find out you got you know uh, a piece of rotting meat that was you know six hours old in the, in the bottom of the trash or some dirty dishes, and they want to take your kid away.
1: Welcome everyone to the Liberty Advisor Show. I'm your host, Tim Show, and we are about to do something we haven't done in well over a year, and that is an interview. And one of the main reasons I haven't been interviewing anyone or really haven't done that many shows at all in the past, as you guys have seen, is because I've been getting ready for the Great Reset myself and you know, spent much of the last year trying to find a property to buy and then how to turn that property into what I'm branding as a survival retreat. But one of the best survivalist homesteaders, and really a guy that knows uh, a little bit about everything—or a lot of bit about a lot of things—someone uh, that I'm honored to call a friend is Jay Noon. Jay Noon, uh, in addition to being an amazing father and husband, is uh, a farmer, rancher, blacksmith, modern-day cowboy, mechanic, homesteader. Uh, I believe he was also in the hay business for over two decades. For those of you in new hampshire a lot of you obviously know who jay noon is very big fixture in that new hampshire in the new hampshire free state project and when the uh the pandemic hit i was doing three shows a day with luke radowski and he asked me who the best survivalist bug out homesteader guy that i knew was and i told him it was jay and about a month or two later it turns out uh luke ended up living with jay for much of the rest of 2020 (laughs) and uh in the second half of the show we're going to pick jay's brain and all that he knows uh and actually if it's all that he knows we'd be here for you know days on end but jay's family needs our help the new hampshire i'm not sure what you guys call it up there if it's cps or dcps but jay can get into all this but they recently uh, i believe yesterday uh i think or maybe jay even found out just today or last night that they found his wife uh guilty of childhood endangerment and when Jay's family stayed with me uh, just recently in uh, in February, those kids were never on electronics, didn't see electronics uh, once. Those kids are really just uh, models for how kids should act. I know that Jay, in his own... Uh, you know life the, the kids aren't on electronics at all they're getting their dopamine hits through doing you know real things like being out there and feeding chickens and raising goats and raising all the other things that you're raising out there but uh you know so I would encourage everyone to stick around for the second half because there's a, a just an amazing amount of uh, information that we can get from Jay but you know first you know if you want to tell people what's going on with the recent verdict uh how you guys ended up in that position to begin with And, you know, there's so many, and anything else I left off in an introduction. You're also the host of Man Camp. If you want to explain to people what that is, you also host Gun Church. Uh, You've been uh, a rotating host on Free Talk Live, you know, probably hundreds of times. I don't even know how many times. uh, Same with uh, Declare Your Independence. But, you know, just please fill in anything that I may have left off. I know I've been wanting to uh, interview you for a long time. It was uh, under uh better pretenses but you know for it is what it is for now but uh do you want to just let people know anything i may have left off in that intro and uh tell us more about the court case and everything that's going on
0: so uh to so yeah man camp is something i created um uh years ago because uh, i uh, have felt that you know uh, mankind uh needs to uh increase its confidence um, and the way we can increase confidence in mankind is starting with young kids, getting them to do something that is, you know, uh, like, uh, productive, uh, you know, realistic, uh, such as, uh, at 2019 at Porkfest, our first like debut of man camp, uh, we literally, uh, I brought a forge, uh, and, um, and, an anvil and i had kids made uh, make iron working projects i had them do blacksmithing i had them we had them do some uh electric welding uh we did um <clears throat> we did uh several projects with a bunch of kids a lot of kids just i had some projects in mind to make and then other kids that were pretty creative uh you know the homeschooled teenagers are amazing compared to the public school teenagers like i can just tell them apart like after uh, you know literally a two minute conversation. I, I, I know where they've been even before, 30 seconds into the conversation. I know now, and, uh, they made some great stuff. Uh, what man camp is now is it's, 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 um, toddler man camp. Cause I have a two-year-old and a three-year-old. So, uh, we have a one day a week thing here. It's, um, like a homeschool co-op, uh, and you know, the kids are uh, learning how, about how to, uh, essentially, uh, animal husbandry. They're feeding cows, uh, I got them pulling weeds, putting them, putting these weeds and grass in little red rider wagons, and hauling them out to the cows, and then they feed it to the cows. So they they harvest the forage, transport it, and feed it to the cows. And, and the kids think it's great; they love it. We got them planting seedlings, uh, helping tend gardens, grabbing chicken eggs, feeding the chickens, uh, raking up stuff, cleaning things, just doing like actual farm work. And most, almost all these kids uh, are from, um, you know. a Uh, One of the two local cities, either Concord or Manchester, and they're, uh, you know, they're living in apartments or they're living in, you know, little houses that have barely a yard. Um, So they're actually getting uh, they're earning their dopamine hits off of, you know, just just doing farm chores. And this is when you got to get them to do it when they're before they're six years old, Is you got to get them to enjoy the work dopamine hit, because after that, it's really hard. And then most parents elect to use Internet devices, you know, as babysitters and pacifiers. I call that a weak investment in your kids if you're doing that. Um, a strong investment is giving them your time. Uh, and our time is our most valuable commodity and we need to you know, uh, teach our kids how to use our use the time appropriately. And they're just gonna mimic what we, we do. So I'm very limited on, on internet stuff myself, um, especially in front of my kids. And also, um, you know, cause I gotta set the example and I just, I put them to work and they love to work when they're young um so about this case uh what had happened is uh in march 18th of 2022 my wife had um was out running around doing some errands and uh she had the two kids with her Cypress was uh just a little over two at the time cash is my son uh he was about six months old and uh almost uh wish i had a, a picture of these two guys to uh flash up there uh maybe we can edit that in later but uh Anyways, good-looking, healthy kids, you know, unvaccinated. You know, they've, they've never been pricked, either one of them. Um, and uh, it shows. They're smart. Uh, everything is developing very well. In fact, they are just just uh, way more advanced and ahead of, uh, you know, these kids that – the normies, the kids of the normies, the ones that are getting vaccinated and stuff. Um, <clears throat> with the other kids they're hanging out with, we got a really good crew of um, – free staters that, you know, we have a bunch of, uh, unpricked children also. So they're all pretty much about the same level when it comes to, you know, their, their, uh, uh, mental development. Uh, so anyways, my, my wife was out running around doing, uh, doing some errands and my daughter Cypress had just fallen asleep for a nap. She usually takes like a good heavy hour nap in the afternoon. I guess it's about three o'clock in the afternoon, um, March 18th, 2022 in New Hampshire and uh they had just gotten back from a park in the city where they brought the brought the bicycles she had a little balance bike she liked to use but she couldn't use the balance bike where we live because we're out in the country and i got a dirt driveway and there was either snow or mud or ice because it's you know winter time in new hampshire so um my wife stops the car she got to run into a store to do a a quick uh, exchange she um grabs the baby Uh, out of the car seat, changes his diaper, breastfeeds him, goes into the store, does her, does her, um, uh, what she's got to do in there. And then, uh, she, uh, was probably in there. We get, uh, she guesstimates 15-ish or 20 minutes, um, and comes back. Oh, she leaves the car running with the climate control on, baby strapped in the car seat, safely strapped in. Um... The car's got a remote starter. She locks the door in a car, starts the car up, and the air conditioning's going. Goes into the store, parks the car right in front of the big uh, glass windows of the store. As she's walking back to the door, she notices there's uh, some people standing around the car, and there's a police uh, and there's a police cruiser out by there. So she gets out there. There's a couple of cops, and the cops ask her, um, you know, what's going? Uh, you know, just your car? Is this your kid? Yeah, yeah, it is. And and they. Um, you know, uh, and they want to know her name and date of birth and they want to know the kid's name and date of birth. And sh- so my wife tells them her name and date of birth and tells them, uh, uh, doesn't tell them the kids, uh, any information about the kids. And she, and she talks with them. I don't know for, we don't, if she doesn't know the time, but it felt like a very long time dealing with them. And then finally the, um, she's like, am I free to go? And they're like, yes. So she leaves there a couple days later we get a call from a social worker um in fact uh uh and when a social worker called the language i use with the social workers is i reject your offer to contract with me so new hampshire dcyf which is called division of children youth and families um is uh a an agency that is uh actually um pretty unique people think it's a government um Uh, but it's governmental and the suffix al on the end of a word means similar to or like doesn't mean it is government. Now it is funded by the taxpayers. Uh, It's actually mostly funded by the federal government. Thanks to um, the Clintons, uh, you know, Jeffrey Epstein's buddies that, you know, uh, had a lot to do with him. Uh, They funded this. uh, They got this uh, child safety something act in 1997. So anyways, uh, I guess what I would uh, like to do now Tim is just I have like a little um timeline written down here I can just kind of go through this it'll take a couple minutes. <clears throat> so uh March 18th.
1: You know while uh, you're doing um, that I I do actually have uh your the Telegram channel with some videos of your kids doing uh you know all sorts of homesteading things around your property. Would you want if I oh, nice. flash that up cuz you, you had talked about yeah, perfect. wanting to get uh... Yeah
0: yeah that yeah that's great. So, okay, so- um yeah, there you go.
1: Ash I mean looks nice to help the kids doing.
0: Yep, just just climbing on a stump and a stump in a cow pen. We uh so that, that that's where our cows are in that pasture and what I do is I have uh the pa- uh, the uh the cows um I got three different sort of uh pen areas so I can move the cows around so me and the kids can go in there and do stuff. Oh yeah, that one right there is a real good one of cypress feeding um so that's right there is we we go gather up grass from all over the the farm. Mostly where we want to pull weeds, and uh, we put them in buckets or wagons, and then I bring them, bring it over. We bring it over to the cows, and the, and uh, what I will do is I'll grain the cows like a half an hour before I we have the kids grass them. I uh, give the grass to them, um, so the cows aren't aggressive. But the cows are real good about eating the grass right out of the kids' hands. And I think right there she's actually picking uh, grass, and uh, you can see some of the cows in the background. So all these, all the kids that come over feed the cows. They really like it. So anyways, I'll go along with this um, timeline here. So uh, in the timeline, um, or this timeline here starts uh, uh, on the uh, 18th of March. Um, my wife walks out of the uh, store and there's a career Karen, uh, a woman who has spent 25 years working in the Um, Merrimack County prosecutor's office, her name is Donna. I forget Donna's last name. We'll get it. Uh, it's in, I got it in the paperwork here somewhere. So she's worked in a local prosecutor's office. She called in the, um, the police. Um, and then that day ended without incident. You know, the, the, the cops never, uh, you know, they didn't bust a window open in a car or nothing. Nobody was dying and there was nothing horrible happening. Uh, so march forward, uh, uh, On March 23rd, 24th, 25th, 26th, police come to our house. Uh, We, Shal and I just happened to not be there when the cops showed up because we were out doing things or I was working or whatever. They talked to people here, they left their business cards. Um, On March 25th, uh, uh, an order from family court um, that is dated March 25th uh, is an order to allow uh, a police officer, child protection service worker, or a uh, child pr- protection probation officer. And Tim, you should have a copy of that in there. The uh, order, it, it's a little zip file, that one. Um, <clears throat> it orders an, a police officer, child protection service worker, uh, parole o- a child protection parole officer to um, interview my daughter alone, without the parents, my two-year-old daughter, to um inspect our premises and they wanted us to sign a release for their medical um stuff. So that happened on 325. That was entered into court. This particular order um had some s- specific language in it. Um, is is, is that,
1: it this one up on screen? No, nope, the...
0: nope, that's uh, that's further on. That actually happened on April 27th, that one. That this order would be in the zip file folder that I that I attached. Um okay. anyways, in this order, paragraph number eight. Um, the social worker, uh, quotes the p- local Henniker police department as saying that we are free staters, that we are anti-government, uh, that we are dangerous and that we live on a compound with lookouts. So, <clears throat> um, that was 325, uh, on 328, um, the, uh, chief of police, uh, comes to my house um, to serve the order. I wasn't there. I was a uh, three twenty nine. The, uh, chief of police showed. uh, I, I called the chief of police at eight o'clock in the morning. And I said, Hey, uh, you know, you want to meet up with me? You want to talk to me? He says, yeah, I'd like to do that. You want to come down to the station? I says, no, we're going to go out to breakfast, Me, me, the wife and the kids. I go, why don't you meet us down to pancake house, pancake house, is a little restaurant right down the uh, street from my house. Um, Great place. They have free pure maple syrup, basically right there. You can use all you want. And um, <clears throat> so we go there like couple once or twice a month, and we have a you know breakfast. It's a nice you know family restaurant. Chief of police guy name is guy's name is Matt French. Um, he's there. He meets us, and actually DCYF was observing us from a car at this uh, in, in the parking lot of this restaurant. We didn't know this at the time, so <clears throat> we meet up with the chief of police uh, and um he um you know talks with us and we talk about the things and he's like yeah dcyf want you know they got an order against you and they want to um you know like uh come in your house and they want to interview your daughter and he's like uh i'm not real happy with um you know uh uh you know what they said in the order i go what do they say in the order and and he's like he didn't have the order with me so with him. So I says, well, show me the order. I'm not interested in DCYF coming to my property. You know, I'm not interested in contracting with these guys because um, uh, DCYF provides a service. In fact, uh, I have the documentation on that, too. They sent us a nice little letter. Oh, we can help you and your family, blah, 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 all this crap. So uh, the next one I have is uh, a couple of days later, March 31st. Um, the uh, <clears throat> uh, chief of police comes and meets up with me and says, oh, yeah, they still want to come here. They keep on saying they want to come here. And he gives me the order and I read the order where it says, um, you know, that we're dangerous anti-government free staters. And I'm like, did, did you tell them that? He goes, no, I didn't tell them that. I go, did any of your officers tell them that we were, you know, anti-government dangerous and live on a compound with lookouts? And he says, no, uh, he goes, I-, I have two more officers to interview, but I- I've talked to everybody so far, except for two, and they have not used any of those words in dialogue with these uh, social workers so the uh and and, and the chief of police i mean he was like the, the guy was upset about this like he's a, uh, he's not much different than you or i tim you know he's he's got uh two kids um you know he's he's older than us he's he's in his early 50s he's got two kids one just you know out of high school and the other one uh, going to college to be a doctor or something and um you know so he's like a normal dude he's still married to you know the wife of his co- kids And, um, and also he's kind of a fitness and workout guy, you know, so he's, so he's half smart. He, you know, understands about nutrition and stuff like that. Um, so he's like, he's like a real dude, uh, and a good dude. Um, so the next day, uh, April 4th, um, and I sent you that video on YouTube. Uh, this is when that video, uh, not the video of me talking, but there's clips in the video of the social workers. Um, the, uh, the, the social workers uh, show up with two other Henneker police officers. Uh, Matt and Michelle is their name that you could see them in the, in the video. Um, and uh, they were real good. Uh, They're like, Hey, these guys want to talk to you. And I'm like, all right, I'll just go tell them to leave. So I basically explained it to, to the uh, social workers, how I'm, you know, I'm rejecting your offer to contract with me. The state is just a, I told them the state is just a name on a piece of paper in a filing cabinet, because that's all it is. It's just a, legal entity and, uh, a mere fiction. And, uh, and I explained to them that I require $50,000 an hour to carry out their order. Uh, and then, uh, they were there for a little while. I asked a social worker if she, um, uh, had an oath of office and you should watch that, uh, watching that video. And she's like, just had no idea what I was talking about. And also, I don't know if you've seen the video, if you see what this social worker looks like, she is a child, child, a childless woman, Melissa Coombs. Um, and, uh, of the woke persuasion, uh, a woke cult is what I would like to say. Um, city urban liberal type cult member. Um, anyways, uh, the, um, Oh, back up a little bit on three twenty nine, When I met with the chief of police in the restaurant, I forgot something in my notes here. I have an affidavit that's that, that, that comes along later in this timeline, but in that affidavit and in emails that I got. Uh, via a public records request. Um, the chief of police emails the, uh, attorneys at DCYF and explains to them, you know, I, I, I looked at the children, they didn't have, they weren't dirty. They, uh, their clothes fit them well, they were healthy. They like ate eggs and sausage and bacon and, and home or whatever. He, you know, he, he lists like the stuff, blueberries, all the stuff the kid ate. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> So yeah, that's the incomplete, uh, affidavit. Yep. Uh, if you scroll down, um, further, you'll see what I'm talking about, but yeah, that maybe if you want to roll that through. That would be good for people to follow. Um, so he explains this stuff in that aff- affidavit that there was no abuse or neglect. And he also, you know, the guy's been a police officer for 20, uh, 25 ish years, I believe. And, um, so, and he's dealt with DCYF several times and he's dealt with, uh, families that like did neglect and abuse their kids. So, you know, and and he knows the difference. So, um, anyways, uh, right then and there on March 29th, um, this entire thing, in my opinion, should have stopped, uh, because the police officer had, uh, basically told these guys at DCYF that there is no, um, you know, neglect or abuse. Um, now, uh, going forward, uh, the, uh, after these guys come to my house and they leave, and there's the video of that, on April 2nd, I sent a cease and desist order and a fee schedule to uh, New Hampshire's uh, uh, Health and Human Services Division. Um, to, I sent it to, um, well, DCYF, which is out of Health and Human Services. I sent it to um, uh, Joseph Risbaum, who was the director of DCYF. I guess he's not anymore. And I also sent these letters to um, uh, the social worker at DCYF. So in a cease and desist order, explaining to them to leave me alone, why I don't want to contract with them. And in the cease and desist order, which you do have, it's actually the only Word document uh, that I sent you. um, I I, I cite in there the examples of the crimes of DCYF in that particular document, um, how they have paid out literally 100 million dollars in settlements over the over the um, damages they have caused children families and uh, youth and now that number has actually increased quite literally 100 million dollars 200 million dollars in settlements best i can tell because the legislature just put uh, a year ago put 100 million dollars into a special bank account to um settle um complaints uh or settle claims coming out of a um, child youth detention center where where there is over 130 30 documented cases of children being um, beaten and raped and gang raped um by social workers in DCYF by the the, the men working here it was just um uh absolutely like to, as as a parent to read this stuff like i i you know i broke down crying in tears you know just Going about the things that DCYF uh, paid out families millions of dollars for is absolutely gut-wrenching uh, and insane. Uh, there are families that got 7 and $8 million children because they were li- literally given, taken from their families and given to child molesters. And these child molesters were making uh, child porn because these child molesters were heroin addicts. And that's how they were funding their habit um, in, in, in one particular case. Uh, there's cases where they just lost kids. And, you know, reporter way, runaways aren't reported when they're involved in DCYF. Also in this uh, cease and desist order, like it mentions Rochelle Kelly in there. She was a, um, a mother that had been arrested, you know, several months prior to our thing and harassed by the same DCYF. And she was arrested, uh, charged with disorderly conduct. Her, uh, another woman named Pam, a guy named Tyler Workman, uh, they were all arrested and charged because they dare... Um, go to the um, city park in Concord, the same city that's happened to my, my wife in, um, and let their children play at the city park during the lockdown. The parks were off limits and closed. So they basically had caution tape up at the park and they just walked in there and started going. Uh, those cases were all just were all one with a not guilty. You'll also see in the cease and desist order, I referenced another guy whose name's J.R. Hole. J.R. Hole was a former libertarian-leaning uh, conservative state representative who gave his kids ivermectin as a precaution during the lockdown and at, at, at a hospital visit this had gotten um, mentioned in the uh, medical history so the doctor and the pediatrician at the hospital calls dcyf and does a and basically organizes a thing to go take this kid's kids to go take this jr holes children jr hole is a representative from hopkinton massachusetts he ran for state representative again because he was so pissed off about this and he actually won um he racked up fifty thousand in legal bills uh there was a youtuber that was um uh that that did a stream live on facebook while sitting at the hospital she was on the other side of the wall uh listening to the doctor talk the pediatrician have her conversation with dcyf about rounding up the police or getting the police to go literally show up at this guy's house and just take all of his teenage children. He's got a bunch of teenagers. Four teenagers, I think. And um, just take them away. They're just going to show up there and do it. So this YouTuber actually put a call to action out on a live stream on Facebook and Jr. Hole was able to get his family out of Dodge. Um, that's really the only thing you can do with these psychopaths uh, at this point. <clears throat> so um, the next thing I did was a uh, uh, a right to know request on oh, the fee schedule. I'm sorry, I did a fee schedule. The fee schedule, I was like, hey guys, I charge $50,000 an hour for my time and uh, you're taking my time away from me. I'm going to bill you for 50,000 for every hour of my time that you use. And I'm going to charge you $100,000 for each day that you have your case open against me and you guys come against me. And I think I got $1.5 million as you know, an invoice total at that particular time, uh, April 2nd. Which April would actually 6th. still
1: be less than what they've paid out to all the other people that they've
0: dealt oh, with. Yeah. And... Yep. Yeah. The mama drop in the bucket compared to you know that they, they got a hold of other kids and, and lose them. And what they do is they don't lose them. They send them off to pedophiles. They send them to Peto Island. They send them to the uh, uh you know adrenochrome you know extraction facility or whatever you know. Um. And uh you know this you know prove adrenochrome doesn't exist. Uh, I like to well, see someone you, do that. Do you know
1: what the uh, so the phone? So my phone just started going off. But the processor in a Google phone is called an Adreno. It's a Qualcomm Adreno processor, and the browser is Chrome in the Google phone. <laughs> That's Adreno Chrome. Yeah. Wow. Probably um, a coincidence. Wow. Uh, from uh, from Google that has three sixes intertwined together, and don't be evil, and started by obviously the uh, government. Evil so. people. Yeah
0: uh yeah um right so on on April 5th I did a right to no request to dcyf for an oath and bond of the um social worker and the um so you got a 91a denial is it would, would be the uh one that this talks about uh in there Tim in your notes. <clears throat> so I sent them a right to no request for the oath of office uh, as required by the constitution for New Hampshire and the constitution for the United States of America, that all government, uh, uh, agents have all government employees and in their insurance bond. So I got a letter back, uh, that says you've been denied, uh, this right to no request for these, for the oaths of office of, of, uh, Melissa Coombs and Joe Rispom, Melissa Coombs, a social worker, Joe Rispombs, a director of DCYF. And, um, we have, uh, we're denying this because state employees are not required to have an oath of office. Well, I thought that was pretty interesting seeing how these state employees feel like they have the right. Oh, that's a, to uh, take our children. Um, and the social worker in that video, she is, she says, we have the right to do this. So, yeah, right here, um, this, uh, this thing here, if you, you scroll down on that, um And it says right there, uh, there are no requirements for state employees to have an oath of office. In addition, there is no bond. There is no bonding agent. RSA 99D, RSA is New Hampshire's revised statutes annotated, provides defense and indemnification to state employees who are subject to claims and civil actions arising from uh, acts committed within a scope of their duties while in the course of their employment for the state. In addition, The state of New Hampshire does not maintain liability insurance coverage for its employees. Rather, the state has elected to self-insure for general liability exposure. Consequently, I am or any liability or cost incurred by the state arising from loss or damage to a third party would be handled by a general obligation of the state. This is set forth in the enclosed letter from the state of New Hampshire director of risk and management or risk and benefit. So that's like your... um, Risk Management Division. on On a, Scroll down and read that little writing, Tim, on the very bottom of that. That's like their letterhead. On the very bottom, it's small writing in italics. See that? The Department of Health and Human Services mission is to join communities with families in providing opportunities for citizens to, a- to achieve health and independence. Does that say citizens? I can't read that real good, but yes. that's just a big crock of shit. So what's going on here is we have... <clears throat> RSA ninety nine qualified immunity, which 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 has created um, a culture of irresponsibility within state employees. We know a whole bunch of uh, 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 Manchester Police Department, Manchester, New Hampshire. They had an advertisement as a benefit of a job of being a police officer is you get qualified immune, immunity. Qualified immunity is 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 just like these um you know the vaccine manufacturers are exempt from liability same shit so there's no oath of office and the social worker believes she has a right to come in my house and to have access to my child uh without me and they had believe they have a right to take children away these guys drive around with empty car seats in their cars so they can do this um so uh let's see here next page on this uh four six um the police come uh and uh again i have another uh, meeting with the chief of police um and my wife was like really freaking out about this stuff so she's on facebook which um i, I am not a fan of facebook facebook really really gives my wife tremendous anxiety. So she's in these, in these mother's groups and there's a bunch of whole, you know, whole bunch of twits on there. Um, Some of them are good, but there's definitely a bunch of twits on there that are like, Oh, you know, the state is just going to do this and the state is going to do that. And they're getting, you know, her all wound up. Um, And she's like crying and she's upset. Oh. And meanwhile, I had to send my kids several hours away outside the borders of New Hampshire. So my wife and my, and, and my my kids are not at home. They're not on that farm, I'm um, literally having phone calls. I didn't even put that into the timeline. I just remembered this, but I don't, I can't, I got to think of when I, uh, how long you were gone for, but in about this time, uh, they, my kids weren't even around and my wife wasn't around and I got Cypress, you know, I hear her on the phone while I'm talking to my wife crying. I want to go feed my chickens. I want to feed my pigs. I want to feed my chickens. The Cypress is like really loves pigs. She's been literally feeding pigs her entire life um, and helping take care of pigs. The um, so on. So on four, six, the chief of police comes here to talk with me again. He's like, these guys are really like pressing hard. They want to come here. They're trying to take some action. Um, You know, I read in his um, emails that the social workers were like, we're telling the local chief of police that he didn't need to be involved with this, that we can get the state police and the sheriffs to take action in this situation, um, in these dangerous, hostile situations. And the chief had to remind them that these people aren't dangerous. They're good people, like a few times. Um, <clears throat> so anyways, the uh, I tell the chief of police, I says, hey, in the best interest of justice, um, and guy's name's Matt, I says, Matt, you and your officer, uh, Lieutenant Michelle Danadu, who's the uh, woman police officer that's in the video, the social worker, um, you guys can satisfy this order. It says right on the order, a police officer shall inspect premises and interview the child. I says, I am fine with you, chief, um, inspecting the the, uh, premises. And I also told him I was okay with him and his uh, lieutenant officer, who's a, also a 50 some odd year old woman, a mother of, uh, several children, some biological, some adopted, um, still married to, you know, the, um, the father of her children. And, um, she also actually worked in the um, sexual victims unit of, of, of child stuff, DCYF, whatever, as part of her career. Um, so like she had really good credentials to do all this stuff. And, and, um, and I, and, and my plan was, was, uh, that, uh, that these two cops could go feed the pigs with Cypress. So at this particular, you know, um eight time in Cypress's life, she could totally take you, Tim, walk you uh back to where the pigs are, show you how to start opening up, pack some bread. She'll tell you, don't eat the bread or you'll poop worms, because that's how I get the kids not to eat pig food. When we worm the pigs, they poop worms come out their butt. And uh she sees them doing that. And I said, That's what happens if you eat pig food. So they, they know not to eat the pig food. So she would open up bread and she would, you know, you would have to, uh, you know, sc- help her scoop a little grain and, you know, feed the pigs. And we give them bread and grain and she'd show you how to do the water. And um, that was the meeting I w- was going to arrange for the police to do with the, uh, um, you know, with my daughter. And then I, I and I actually had no problem with the with these cops for the purpose of satisfying this um, order to come in my house because. Uh, I definitely trust these police. Um, and and on and a little side note here, being a, a libertarian, an anarchist or a non-archist is really what I like to call myself. Um, you know, I've had lots and lots of police interactions. I, I was a, a hay dealer for over 20 years, driving to Canada, getting hay, driving to New York, getting hay, bringing it back to Massachusetts. Um, so I have had many, many interactions with the police. And I will tell you 90% of the police interactions I had were favorable to me. They were positive. It was, I was broke down. I had a flat tire. I've had car police give me a ride to the parts store to get parts from my truck that was broke down on the side of the road. I've had them bring me, I had a, a cops call other cops to come help me restack a load of hay that I had, I I had fall off on the side of the road that I, I had improperly strapped. And, um, uh, hold on a second. You can get straw in the box trailer, the hay trailer. Get Shiloh. He'll he'll go up there and throw it to you. Have Shiloh get it. <sighs> wife wanted to know where the straw was.
1: That was a good uh, <laughs> a good a good segue while talking about hay, and then
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I got one of my old hay trailers out there that I I um. So anyways, <clears throat> so 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 getting back uh, uh, on track here. Um, so like. So, so like, like, like these two police officers, uh, Michelle and Matt, they're like, they're like family people. They're good people. Like, these are the kind of guys that, like, kind of people. If you're, um, you know, if your kid was lost or your grandma had dementia and was running down the road, these are the kind of guys that you want to have, you know, find them because they would bring them back home and they would, you know, or le- you know, make sure they were good. Um, you know, do you not, know what the stats
1: left- are on children lost through the system versus just you know things that happen through a kidnapping or children running away because it's i have to imagine it's just through the roof when you take a look at children in the you know hair and air quotes of the state and how many times they go missing versus uh you know just average rank and file i gotta imagine it's hundreds of times more through
0: so so i've watched like countless documentaries on this one of them being save the babies there's another one called save baby cyrus um, that's about a baby that they an infant that they got an order in, in to um, take the uh, baby and the sheriffs all show up and they're like basically like SWAT team shows up to grab this guy's like, you know, several week old baby to put it in the hospital because it needs medical care. And, and they took the baby because the family refused to give him medical care. And and they didn't they brought the baby to the hospital and immediately adopted it out to a family and put it in another home. Um, the, the, so if you want to bring up a picture of my son, I believe part of the target of this was my son. Cause at the time he was six months old and he was a beautiful blonde haired, blue eyed vaccine free baby. And he's worth about $50,000 on the above board marketplace for an adoption. Uh, what he's worth in the black market, like here, right here with the, um, with the, with the excavator there or there, yep. You can see a good picture that's of sorry. him. Yep. That's fine. So this is a uh, Easter egg hunt in the yard. So that's, you know, uh, one of the neighbor kids come over and we had a little Easter egg heart and a hunt and that's Cashman. So at six months old, I believe that he was, um, uh, this social worker was desiring him. And I also found when I was doing uh, some internet searching, I was essentially attempting to dox, you know, find out all the information about this Melissa Coombs. Is There was a Melissa Coombs as a registered agent um, in the Secretary of State's office uh, for a... um, Uh, uh, for a uh, uh, adoption agency. So social workers work in these adoption agencies and also social workers are out snatching up kids. So, you know, and, and, and while this is going on, um, I've met some other families in town who have had issues and I've met other people. So like um, while they're trying to take my kids or trying to interview, trying to come up with a reason to take my kids, there he is on his motorcycle. That boy right there is a real man. I mean, he's a real boy and he's going to grow up to be a real man. His two favorite things are boobs and motorcycles. Um, <laughs> he gets so excited about either one of those. And he sees like a girl, a, a pretty girl on a motorcycle. Oh, does he get really excited? Especially if he sees mommy on a motorcycle. That's like the coolest thing. Anyways, and mom doesn't ride motorcycles, but um, he just loves motorcycles. And this was, uh, you know, shortly after Christmas, I believe, or whatever. But um, so anyways, uh, you know, the um, and 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 the thing is too, with all these people that are coming against us in this case, pretty much all of them coming against us are all people without children, and 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 they're all and and and, and I and and best I'm gonna I can guess
1: tell- uh, pink hair or blue hair or purple hair, uh, just not knowing anything about the case. Am I, am I far um, off?
0: One uh, So the social worker is like a chick with a buzz cut, kind of. Um, if you look in the video, you'll get video of uh, Melissa Coombs. You'll see her as um, that video where I'm there in my uh, – no, that oh, that, that's a real cute one. Uh, this is – I had just gotten some bottle calves from a guy because we, uh, we raise cows, so I buy these bottle calves from these farmers. And right there, I got the kids spreading out the bedding because I'm moving the bottle calves into a little trailer um, for a few days. And right there, there's one of those calves sucking on my finger because those calves are like you know, days old and we got to bottle feed them. And I put them in that little trailer cause it's going to get cold that night and rain. And I put a heat lamp in there for them. So they stay all right. And then, uh, me and the kids, uh, you know, bottle feed them and stuff. But, um, uh, that would be a YouTube video that I, I had a uh, linked to uh, that Melissa Coombs would be in. Uh, and anyways, <clears throat> uh, I'm going to continue on with this timeline here. Um, but, uh, so, I agree to have the chief of police and his lieutenant, who are have all the credentials as far as I'm concerned and as far as the state should be concerned, and, um, you know, uh, to basically go and do this assessment that DCYF wants done so that they can come back and say, hey, there is no neglect and there is no abuse. And the chief of police has already said this. Um, and I bet you this guy had visited my property at least a dozen times during this encounter. Um, or his officers have so <clears throat> continuing on here um uh yeah this is where the uh, i tell the police he can do this the police emails the attorneys at DCYF and they tell him that him that he is not qualified is what the email response is he is not qualified and his officer is not qualified to carry out this order and the, the attorney at DCYF now now these DCYF attorneys are they're government attorneys, so it means that they cannot hack it in the real world, and uh, and I'm also and 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 uh, I believe they're of the woke persuasion also. So what I'm t- talking about, yeah, right now, this is in his not qualified to conduct home assessment arising from incident of two-year-old being left unattended in a vehicle. This is from his affidavit that he filed. I'll get into this affidavit in a little while. So, um, uh, and 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 the chief was like, you know, he's like, I'm insulted. He goes, I, 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 Jay, I don't understand what's wrong with these people. I, I, what he goes, this does not make sense. What is going on here? And I, sh- for sure, I, and I'm like, dude, we're being targeted because we're freestaters. And he's like, well, I don't know that they do that. And, you know, he, he like, he was definitely very reserved about a lot of my, like, you know, commentary about, you know, these people. Um,
1: and you're so not that- only a freestater, you're like an MVP of what's going on. Cause in 2020, you were out getting, uh, you know, the, the pigs and raising and maybe like later on we can get into uh yeah, you know, some yeah, of yeah. Like, but anyways uh yeah continue on because you know so, you are not just part of the free state project you're a central tenant uh you know just you know, very mvp type person of that movement sorry go.
0: i mean i am quoted by the local police not not matt french but by the local police as being a pillar of my community um <clears throat> and i'm also you know uh like the letters that got written to the judge for this court case were like really beautiful, and they all got rejected. They don't they don't want to read letters. So, anyways, fast forward. So after I tell the cops they can't do that, four seven April seventh, um, my right to know request denied. That you had showed there that had come back in the mail. Four um, eight is the verified motion for contempt to uh, uh, order uh, for contempt of order to enter premises. Uh, to interview child and have access to uh, medical records. Um, that was uh, filed, dated, um, notary stamped on April 8th and signed by an attorney, Ross McCloud. And Ross McCloud, uh, for example, actually there's one paper here I didn't send you that I should have, but Ross McCloud, this attorney, um, this the, uh, he knows better than to uh, do one of these contempt motions um, because this guy here uh, was in J.R. Hole's case. Uh, J.R. Hole's lawyer um, argued um, because they put a contempt charge against J.R. Hole, they were going to arrest this guy for not producing his children. And there's a court case. Um, a, and, and it says a court's order must clearly describe the alleged contempter must do to avoid the sanction. It's Dover Veterans Council versus City of Dover. 119 NH 738 and 740, a 1979 case. So, what this is so the first order didn't tell me to do anything, it told a police officer to do it. There's no order for Jay Noon or Shallon Noon on that order. That order is for a police officer, has nothing to comp- doesn't compel me to do anything. And this lawyer, Ross McLeod, whose signature is on this. Uh, motion for contempt. He signed a document wanting to put my wife and I in jail, in prison, for not allowing the professional child traffickers at DCYF who have caused $100 million in liabilities into my house. For, for he was This this court was essentially forcing me to contract with DCYF. Another thing we've got to understand about these guys at, at Child Protection Services is in order for them to carry out their order, you have to sign a consent form with them. You have to consent to them doing it. You have to accept their service that they're forcing on you. So this is this is why it's so hard to sue DCYF, because these families are like, oh, my God, I'm just going to comply because I don't do anything wrong. And then they find out you got, you know, uh, a piece of rotting meat that was, you know, six hours old in in the bottom of the trash or some dirty dishes and they want to take your kid away. So uh, this verified motion for contempt contains the affidavit that you were just showing where in that affidavit the uh police officer says um you know the, the chief of police you know goes in about the mischaracterization of uh of of the facts essentially so in the you know the second page of this order it says um uh let me read this le- uh, part here uh
1: is this most one of the ones fun. that I have, or?
0: Yes, it is. It is. Yeah, most. Fu- it's called um, expedited motion to interview. Is this one, and then the next one I'm going to quote is, but is, is the um, affidavit that's like a handwritten on the top of the next one. But um, here, applying the foregoing principles to instant matter, the H.P.D. Henneker Police Department submits that it's in its interest of justice, as well as the parties principally involved, that it be allowed to intervene. The HPD is and has been directly involved with the underlying set of facts that gave rise to New Hampshire Department of Children, Youth, and Families, DCYF, underlying motion to enter premise. The subsequent motion for contempt, most fundamentally, uh, uh, oh, and the subsequent motion for contempt. Most fundamentally, the HPD has an interest in maintaining the peace of the community and the family that is at the center of this action and The HPD seeks leave to intervene based on the filings previously submitted uh, by DCYF based on a record are premised on gross mischaracterization of court's previous ruling. So this is where he's talking about the the social worker putting in that affidavit that we are dangerous, free stater, anti-government. And in fact... There is like three more parts of that particular affidavit that are extreme lies that can be easily disproved. And basically the entire thing is hearsay, almost everything in that particular order. Um, And uh, uh, three, the HPD incorporates its reference, verified expected, uh, uh, expedited motion to correct the record and change the court record based on prior material misrepresentation, filed contemporaneously Here within, um, and that's the motion to correct. So I don't have the motion to correct. In fact, all this stuff, I I, a lot of this stuff I don't have. And this um, this lawyer's emails in the bottom. I'm going to be emailing her for this, and I I think she'll give it to me. um, Everything that's attached to this document, the motion to correct conveys the substance of the HPD's position on the issue before the court in action, for the reasons stated here, as set forth more fully in this motion to correct. The HPD respectfully requests that the court allow the intervene in the action. Wherefore, the Henniker Police Department reflects uh, uh, respects and requests the court to enter the following relief: allow the Henniker Police Department emergency motion to intervene as party to the action and order other f- further relief the court deems just and proper. Now, there's other documents I don't have yet, like this motion to correct and the motion to vacate the, um, uh, the motion to vacate the. Uh, uh contempt order so like these guys w- 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 were going hardcore like on escalating this like they-, they should have never ever got to this um so I'm gonna get to the part in this affidavit so right now we're at 4 eight uh 4 15 family court issues this contempt charge uh 416 actually so I forwarded a little bit the motion for contempt was at 4 eight. Uh, April 8th um it was filed by Ross McLeod, um the lawyer at uh, New Hampshire dcyf in fact I really like to put his contact information in here so uh, everybody can tell him what he, what they think of him um <clears throat> family court uh, issued the contempt charge on 415 the very next day now the um chief of police was like um you know Telling me nobody's gonna come here, and nobody's gonna bother me. But these guys, after I read the emails, and I gotta look at the 415 thing, but right about this time, they were pressuring him to not be part of this. They were pressuring him to um essentially um let the state police and a sheriff take care of this. Um, and because you know, these guys wanna use the freaking SWAT team, they want to use the bear cats, you know. And uh you know MRAPs stuff like that. Yeah. M RAPs. Yep. So family court issues a contempt charge. The very next day, the chief of police, um oh. <laughs> Let's see here. Um, when did the chief of police do this uh, motion to inter intervene? I believe it was oh, April twenty-seventh. Yeah, we haven't gotten that far yet. So I'm sorry. I skipped ahead a bunch, but <clears throat> on four sixteen, the chief of police asked me if I would allow a DCYF employee to assist the Henniker police department to um, expedite the order. Uh, and, um, I said, no, I says the order is very clear. It says a police officer can do it. It doesn't state a, a social worker, a child protection service worker has to do this. And I, and so I had done some research in the, um, in the save the babies documentary, the, um, they talk about how, because of, uh, You know, uh, Bill Pedophile Clinton, um, he uh, and and this was Hillary's proudest moment. uh, You know, she's uh, quoted as saying this Child Safety Act of 1997. I forget what what it's called uh, exactly called gives DCYF um, financial incentive to um, essentially do these carry out these orders. So from what I understand, based on watching a few documentaries and reading things on the interwebs, so it's, this is hearsay, what I'm going to tell you, but um, I'm pretty sure I can verify it. And I'm, I'm hoping I can find someone who can verify it because part of what the outcome I want to come of this interview is some people to come forward and help me verify these kind of things. Um, if a social worker, an employee of DCYF participates in this assessment, they call it an assessment, then the state gets like $6,000 $6, or $4,500 or some kind of you know thing from from the feds and that comes directly out of the social security um in the save the Ch- save the families um documentary th- they get like into pretty heavily how um you know millions of millions hundreds of millions of dollars billions of dollars i don't know money dollars that i can't like really comprehend because i'm just a poor farmer um are are literally just pumped into these states by DCYF. <clears throat> so um, I explained this to the chief of police. No, I don't want a DCYF employee. I says, and he goes, Well, who would you let come here and do that from Health and Human Services or DCYF? I said, With you here? I says, I want it to be someone who has, first off, a sworn oath of office, like you do, Chief. Chief of police, all the police officers have oaths of office. They got a put their hand on a bible and say i swear and then they actually have a little thing that they sign and it gets held on file at the secretary of state's office that's the law uh but nobody from dcyf has one of these things uh on file they don't exist they're not required to have it because they're not part of the government they're not government employees they're basically a corporation um so uh i said well the only way I'm allowing someone to come here from that ag- agency is one, they have an oath of office. Two, they are not protected under qualified immunity. I want um, them to have a to write to sign a contract that I will have a lawyer draft up saying that um, if they damage me, if they cause injury, that they will pay me out of their own funds. The people of New Hampshire should not be um, held accountable for the actions of these guys. I said uh, I and 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 that was basically the a brief of you know my demands so chief of police was like okay so i don't hear anything from this guy until you know i don't know a couple weeks three four weeks but the next uh, document that i have is 427 it is a uh, henneker police department files an expedited motion to intervene a motion to correct and a motion to vacate contempt charge Um, And an affidavit of facts. So in this affidavit of facts, um, the, uh, um, you know, he gets, so there's stuff in here about the, um, uh, so he writes in here, uh, upon review of the March 28 order in an attempt to discuss the order with DCYF, I was told that no off the record conversations with DCYF would be permitted this is very concerning to my agency who is encouraged to work with dcyf openly to provide background information and insight that and now has to worry that all the information will be used uh, or manipulated in court so you know this guy has seen these guys manipulate stuff while no one in our agency recalls using the term anti government lookouts dangerous or compounds Those words have now been attributed to my officers and department in a court order, information erroneously provided by DCYF. It is troublesome that these words uh, would be put into a court document when they could easily inflame the situation and in no way to help. There is a clear lack of understanding as to how these terms could inflame and offend the people involved. On March 31st, at the request of Attorney Baker, I personally provided an, an order to Mr. Noon. In over 29 years, I have never been told by DCYF that the police are required to serve orders and that we had no input uh, no input in applying for it. This was new to me. And in the spirit of trying to work together, I went to the residence and provided with an order. Um, and, uh, oh, skipping. Well, I'll just read this anyways. On April 1st, my agency accompanied DCYF to the family's residence for an attempt to conduct a home assessment per court order. It should be noted that it was not planned with my agency. Prior to this attempt, I had notified DCYF that the family conveyed to me multiple times that, that it would not be, that they would not consent to an assessment by DCYF. Despite these notices, DCYF insisted on conducting an unannounced visit at the residence, not surprisingly, and consistent with my prior contacts with Mr. Noon, Mr. Noon advised the officers and DCYF he would not consent to the assessment by DCYF. On April 3rd, Mr. Noon contacted me and stated he will allow myself and two other specific uh, Henniker Police Department officers. Yes, there was another officer named Matt Mitchell. I said, even Matt Mitchell can come. Matt Mitchell's got three kids. Matt Mitchell's got a little homestead himself. He's got a similar outfit as what I have, best I can tell. And he's a good dude. Uh, that, uh, and two other officers, specific HPD officers, to con- conduct the assessment and interview with the child. I relayed this directly to Attorney Baker, who stated Henneker PD is not qualified and there is no compromising, despite the facts that this is contemplated and permitted per the court's order, uh, March 28th order. This is the last page. Oh, no, I have more of this. I gave. Oh, yeah, where he writes a police officer juvenile probation officer of juvenile probation and parole officer or child protection service worker shall enter the premises of the child in furtherance of the department of human health and services investigation to assess the immediate safety and well-being of the child see march 20 order page 2 section 2 emphasis added it is ludicrous to me and my lieutenant who is a biological mother of two children a stepmother of two children has extensive training in interviewing child victims of sexual and domestic violence, uh, has participated in countless forensic interviews with victims of abuse, and her 17-year-old career is not qualified to conduct a home assessment arising from an incident of a 2-year-old being left unattended in a vehicle. On April 5th, DCYF requested another unannounced home visit for the following day. Knowing that this would likely be futile, I inquired as to whether they knew if Mr. Noon's position on the assessment had changed since their last interaction. DCYF was seemingly disappointed with my continued interest in the matter and my advising again that Mr. Noon would, however, be amenable to my officers completing the assessment. I was not attempting to negotiate some different resolution. But trying to resolve a matter without causing unnecessary upset on march 6 mr noon conducted me via phone call asking me to meet regarding the order and consenting to hpd conducting the home assessment i explained mr noon the position of dcyf as of this writing two weeks have passed since my last correspondence with dcyf notably if the concern for the welfare of the children then any intermittent um intervention investigation regarding regarding a living arrangement in the home should have been paramount. Therefore, if the family is agreeable to Henniker PD conducting the inspection, why is it DCYF is not permitting this immediate inspection? DCYF's position is nonsensical, not going into his home. If DCYF actually believes that the children are neglected, it is clearly not in the best interest of the children waiting for the contempt proceeding to play out will take time and time is of the essence if the division truly believes the children are unsafe there have been suggestions that my agency would not do a thorough assessment as dcyf uh, or are somehow less experienced in doing so while i disagree i would propose that dcyf provide some sort of guidance or some sort of guideline as the areas in which they would like to review, inspect, to avoid any failure of the officers doing so. Uh, that is the end of this affidavit. And clearly it's not the end of it because affidavits don't end like that, but I'm, you know, going to get more of that. But anyways, um, yeah, DCYF was just like, nope, they, they were not doing anything. The very next day, this was April 27th, that this expedited motion to intervene went into the courtroom. The very next, I'm sorry, that same day, I don't have a time, it'd be nice if this stuff was time stamped, is we have another exhibit that I sent you, which is um, the warrant um, against my wife. Um, and that warrant is uh, stamped um, uh, the 27th of April um is, is is the time stamp on this warrant now i don't know if you read the warrant tim um but the warrant uh i'll pick out some stuff of it um i'm not going to read the whole thing
1: Uh and now uh, just and just to be mindful of the time so we have just for and yep. for the viewers as well so in 18 minutes uh we've Jay is going to be on Union of the Unwanted with myself, which is actually going to be about growing food and homesteading and all the things that uh, we're hoping to have Jay talk about the first time he was ever here. But obviously, we need to make sure that Jay and his family, who are pillars of the, you know, just liberty movement and free state movement, that... Uh, you know, everything is taken care of. So just want to be mindful of the time. And then also we might, uh, stitch this together as either like a two-part podcast or there might be two separate ones. But if you are listening to this and you're like, Hey, you know, Jay, we want to help them out. Or we want to, you know, "What, what can people do just to make sure we slip this in here while you're trying to gather your thoughts? What can people do to help you out? Uh, you know, maybe besides raising awareness or attention, is there anything, any action items people can take out there to, uh, help your family out?
0: Well, um, there's a couple of things you could do, uh, uh, make awareness of this. Um, what I want to do is I want to make a big awareness campaign out of this. I want, I want to, uh, I want people to know what their rights are. They don't have to consent to this DCYF stuff. Um, I want people to understand that freedom activists are being targeted. Um, uh, I have that entire thing to put together still. uh, and I also want to, um, if people want to donate to me, I have been, um, uh, uh, I have a very good, uh, skill and I bill $125 an hour. And I like try to limit my work to like 15 hours a week, my payable work, because I spend the rest of the time raising my kids on a farm. Um, in fact, the only reason I started farming again is because I didn't even want to do it until I was looking at my daughter in my arms the day she was born. I'm like, I got to teach this kid how to be productive and useful. And, um, the only way I know how to do that is through farming. And, uh, so anyways, <clears throat> I ended up, um, uh, uh, I have a website, jnoon.com That's J-A-Y-N-O-O-N-E.com. And on there, it's all about Man Camp right now. Um, there's some donations that donate to Man Camp, but on my YouTube channel, um, there is, uh, my YouTube is J Noon and there's that, that video link that I sent you, uh, Tim, uh, in that particular video in the description is some uh, um, YouTube is some uh, cryptocurrency codes um, I, I I really try hard to stay away from dollars I think we need to boycott the dollar um, because uh, the only reason this is happening to my family right now is because the government has the ability to create money out of thin air and to put basically and to give a give jobs and careers to a whole bunch of irresponsible um, parasites calling themselves government employees. So yeah, all that stuff right there. Th- those are my, um, uh, my donation QR codes. Uh, and for, um, uh, for this particular cause um, I also was doing a, a, a donation thing for man camp um, uh, at jnoon.com That's what's all on that page right now, but we're going to get some of this stuff on J It was supposed to happen uh, like a week ago, but, my guys who do the internet stuff are just, you know, they're very busy too, um, because they're also all homesteading. I've been teaching all those guys how to, you know, homestead. And they've been following what we're doing, so they're like planting and doing stuff. Um, anyways, real quick, this warrant. Um, read a couple things from it. Um, so um, it says the vehicle was part. Uh, the. Ve- uh, um, come on. Uh. At the time, Officer Billado and I did not see the daughter at any type of intimate danger and thought Shallon was able to take care of her. While I was next to Shallon, she opened her driver's side door and I was able to feel cold breeze from inside the vehicle shortly after Shallon left with her daughter. Um, and he even writes in there that he can see the air blowing in the car. The kid looks good. Um, and, Uh, Oh, and another part about this this warrant, which is really interesting, is my so I tell everybody: you have a police interaction, you do not give them a date of birth. They cannot force you to comply to have a date of birth. A date of birth is synonymous only with the Gregorian timeline. Quite literally, by saying that you have a date of birth, is like is is saying that you're using intellectual property that the state is charged. to uh, take care of, so we don't use date of birth. I like to use a Julian timeline, so I have a Julian born day. My my kids have Julian born days. They don't have birth certificates with the state. The state, the state, because we had to go to a hospital to do this birth thing, uh, did issue some birth documents. And I asked him not to. I actually have a whole video about that. But the cop says this Justin Billado is the guy who did this um, warrant. He says that he had to reapply for the warrant because he did not have my daughter's date of birth and he got the date of birth uh, of a uh, birth certificate from um DCYF is what they say in their um uh in their um uh packet of uh discovery so um now you cops, could do an
1: entire show on you know contract yes. law natural yep, yep, law every, all that I mean, shit. you yep. you you could give it an entire filibuster on that, yep. but you know, without going through.
0: Yeah. yeah we're not, I'm not going to go into that anymore. So anyways, the bottom line is um, the Karen that called. Oh, so here's the thing. A warrant was issued for my arrest. As soon as the chief of police was able to do his affidavit that same day, the warrant goes out. So <clears throat> um, I'm what's going to be cool about going forward with this trial is I'm going to be able to do discovery and, Um, on a very specific discovery, asking for the emails, the communications, the texts, any kind of instant messages between um, the Karen who called in, who works in the same office as the, um, uh, works in the the Merrimack County's prosecutor's office, but it was the city prosecutor who brought it against us. And also, so so, so she works with all these cops. Concord is in Merrimack County. Um, It'd be really cool to see, I'd really like to know one of my discovery questions is going to be, how many times has this professional Karen, um, uh, uh, you know, testified in court? She seemed pretty good at testifying in court. And I didn't have no idea really who she was. Um, Donna Barrett, her date of birth is 1-7-1962, um, is uh, who this is. And she works for Merrimack County um, Prosecutor. And she's a hardcore leftist, this one. This is like, we, we found some pretty good in, inside information on her. So... You know she's one of these busy bodies that calls the cops reports people and works uh um with uh you know the police all the time that is what her career is uh second my wife had a sticker on her car that said health freedom new hampshire she also has a license plate a montana license plate on the car that says free and um so <clears throat> it is well known in new hampshire if somebody got a montana plate that they are a free stater health freedom new hampshire is an organization um health freedom nh on facebook is what they're called is an organization very similar to what tina does um it's uh you know outreach and and they would put together rallies and protests um i had mentioned rochelle kelly pamela and tyler workman they they brought their kids to the playground they were all active in health freedom new hampshire in fact all of those people have health freedom new hampshire stickers on their cars and they were harassed by the same exact police department and the same prosecutor um J.R. Hole was very active in Health Freedom, New Hampshire. Uh, we have a whole uh, – and, and, and he spent $50,000 in lawyer fees dealing with this crap, and he's – I don't – I think he's done with it, but um, he's definitely um, going after them. Uh, another guy, his name is uh, Footloose. Uh, Frank. I forget Frank's uh, uh, last name, but Footloose, everybody knows him ha- uh, of. He's a guy – and Teresa Grinnell, they're uh, very active in Health Freedom, New Hampshire. They were both arrested at a governor's uh, – uh, uh, some kind of meeting – um, at that of the executive council for saying the word "amen," they said "amen," and they were arrested for that, and they were prosecuted in this court. And I believe Frank was found not guilty of that charge. They were prosecuted by the same prosecutor. Um, New Hampshire Noble Nine. Uh, if you internet search that, um, uh, the uh, New Hampshire Noble Nine—they uh, were people who were um, at this at another governor's council meeting where the governor was trying to take. Um, a $27 million of uh, COVID relief from the um, federal government. And it had gotten rejected at the meeting before by the governor's council because so many people in New Hampshire pressured the council not to accept the money. And the governor, Chris Sununu, was really pissed that he didn't get the $27 million. So, yep, the Noble Nine. Uh, These guys were all arrested and charged um, for uh, all kinds of crimes um, or disorderly conduct, which is basically just like um childhood endangerment and uh that this is a documentary that's coming out
1: this yeah, really uh, conduct is always just a catch-all they yep grow at you when they can't get you for anything else so
0: yeah we have super clear evidence um uh uh of uh administrative abuse judicial misconduct and um uh, of of uh, all people involved with Health Freedom New Hampshire and New Hampshire Noble Nine. And this is just the examples I give you are like just something we thought of, um, you know, and wrote out on a piece of paper, uh, you know, the other day after the court hearing, we were talking about it, but um, we have lo- many, many cases of uh, this these two prosecutors' office, Merrimack County and Concord City, uh, along with the Concord police and all the police mostly, um, uh, basically coming against uh, free staters uh, uh, in well over the years and and all for crimes that involve zero victim, zero injury, zero contract violation uh, and all this stuff. So anyways, we went to court the other day. We packed the courtroom. Uh, New Hampshire has a thing where if you're charged with a class A misdemeanor, you are um, uh, your appeal basically is a, what they call a trial de novo from the beginning. So it will be a jury trial. Um, and basically all we really need on that jury is one mom because everybody listening to this that has kids has left their kid in a car somewhere to go do something real quick. You mean a,
1: a birthing person? I don't, I don't know if the, the term mother now is, uh, yeah. politically acceptable these days.
0: Yeah. I, I, I don't use that politically correct nonsense. Um, and, uh, so the, the uh, what? So what's happening is these guys are, um, uh, you know, literally, uh, you know, just they're they're targeting free staters. We have on record the uh, Henniker Police. I'm not the Henniker. The um, uh, the uh, Concord Police Department in 2013 is quoted saying, "We need a bear cat to deal with free staters." This. Like, this is what was, was you know, part of their deal to get that, you know, federal money, because all of these guys are just on the tit of um, big government. All these, uh, you know, irresponsible parasites is what I'm calling all the government employees. So anyways, we went to court. We did a good case. I thought we used a lot of Mark Stevens stuff. Um, we ended up getting, um, yeah. This is what they want to use against uh, free staters, uh, according to the the same cops who brought this complaint against my wife. Yeah, you know, this is yeah, what. In um, Washington
1: State, they said they wanted to have these basically to go after gun owners and constitutionalists yep. and conservatives. Yep. I mean, a lot of people remember that clip from uh, yep. from years ago. But we but we do probably have to wrap this up in just the next minute, so that way we can get to Union of the Un- Unwanted and make sure that we can get you out to an even All right, larger real audience. Real quick, my
0: wife was found guilty. Uh, at a at, at a bench trial which is i'm going to refer to as a show cause hearing um even though that the 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 their prosecutor's witness the state the police officer um when asked if uh the New hampshire code applies to my wife if he had any evidence he said no so we want to sanction this judge somehow these judges are allowing uh these cases to go forward where there's no victim the elements aren't there of a crime go ahead tim we can wrap this up
1: yeah, no, I know. Yeah, we do have another minute or two if you wanted to okay. uh, just just finish it up. So
0: so at New Hampshire is a really awesome place because you get the trial de novo. So the, basically the first trial was like a scrimmage, which was really good. I was able to be my wife's attorney. In fact, we were also able to bring some intellectual mus- muscle muscle uh, beyond the bar. So my friend Christopher Gronsky and Colin Gibson, two really smart dudes, were able to sit there with me. The prosecutor threw a fit about that and objected the prosecutor had an assistant with him and he, as far as I look at it, that prosecutor and his assistant and the judge wanted to gang rape my wife and make sure I couldn't do anything about it. And that's the way I look at these fucking scumbags, um, because that's all they're doing. And, uh, so anyways, we stuffed the courtroom. They put us in the smallest courtroom in, in, in the, um, in, in the court. Um, we had state representatives there. We had a bunch of moms there and now they got the, the um, the, uh, hearing set for, uh, June 22nd, a sentencing hearing. Um, my wife's going to try to get a continuance, but that's also the Thursday of Pork Fest, and I'm hoping to get a bunch of people from Pork Fest to, to have a big protest at that courthouse. It's a two-hour drive from Pork Fest. Uh, the morning of June 22nd, Thursday, June 22nd, at 9 a.m., to um, show our power in numbers, because uh, you know, as we know, you, you, where you really win everything is in a court of public opinion. Opinion. I would like to get people filing complaints um against the prosecutor against the cop and against the judge um with the legislature with the governor and with the judicial review board uh those are things i ha- I want to put together so people have that information we don't got that yet but that's going to be part of our um you know weekly case study that we're going to start doing here uh starting this wednesday
1: yeah no, know and uh just so people know i was Definitely not trying to cut Jay off or anything like that. Basically, we had set a time to do this. I called Sam, I sent a message to Sam Tripoli. I'm like, hey, I really want to get exposure to everything that Jay's doing. And then he called me back two seconds later. I was like, hey, we've got Union and They Wanted going on today. It's actually about growing food. No one's better at all this sort of knowledge, especially in our community than Jay. And so uh, that's if you're wondering, like, hey, why is Tim, you know, trying to end this? It's just because, you know, that opportunity came up right before Jay and I were about to go do this. But anyways, uh, without further ado, we're going to you guys can watch uh, part two, which actually might just be all one big podcast. I don't know, but we'll, we'll figure out what's the best way to get there. But, you know, make sure to uh, I'll have links where you guys can donate Uh to jay whether it's bitcoin uh various cryptocurrencies give send go i have links to jay's youtube page and then as an action item if you are in the greater new hampshire area massachusetts area if you want to uh you know pack the courtroom on june 22nd especially if you're going to pork fest uh you know jay would definitely appreciate that as he's you know the type of guy that give you the shirt off his back and has been such a help to so many people and so uh you know i've gone you know over a year not interviewing anybody but you know jay is As worthy of the person that i can possibly imagine but anyways we're going to cut it thanks guys thanks jay and i wish we could have uh you know had you on for the first time under better pretenses but uh we definitely look forward to having you back again and uh you know having you share with us all that you know and then also give an update on you know what's going to be going on with shallons case but uh but thank you very much jay
0: thank you Uh, this is awesome
1: bye here it is, after seven weeks of growing from a seedling, these this is the Tower Garden. We've got some amazing broccoli growing, spouting off in several different areas now. Uh, cabbage is going ridiculous. Uh, tons of different types of lettuce. I mean, just look at how green this is. I mean, and look how red this lettuce is over here. Just getting absolutely uh, just amazing results. Now, I've had this thing for 10 years in Arizona. And what I like most about it is, you know, I came into this knowing absolutely nothing, and you can too. Uh, you know, you don't have to deal with any weeding, you don't have to deal with it getting down on your hands and knees, dealing with any of the normal BS. Uh, it's going to be way healthier for you because, you know, the nutrients that you're using in this, you know, exactly what you're putting into it, you know, exactly what you're not putting into it, like you're not putting in glyphosate or Roundup or any of that crap. So you're getting, you know, pure, beyond organic, uh, you know. Growth over here, and so I just absolutely love this thing. Super easy to do. I mean, all you really need to do to get the Tower Garden to work is you've got nutrient solution A, B. Uh, you've got some pH up, pH down. Just keep the pH in the range. Uh, just keep the electrical conductivity in a range. You can buy one of these meters for like 15 bucks, and uh, you know you don't necessarily need to know the science behind it. You just need to know what you have to do, and what you have to do is actually pretty easy. But I like the fact that you can do this pretty much anywhere. I've done it in a closet, and as you can see uh, you know, really great results. Obviously in the closet you're going to need to have grow lights uh, and they do make a kit that actually goes on the top of this and, uh, you know, is meant, uh, meant directly for the tower garden. Anyways, check the links down below to see how you can get one of your own and just look at the Swiss chart over here. I mean, it looks, it it actually looks fake. It's looks absolutely fake. This is my first time growing in like three or four years. Uh, and I'd say it's a overwhelming success. Check the link down below to start growing in your tar garden today.